Welcome aboard, Captain. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wrath of Khan Minute, uh, the podcast where we analyze and break down and gush over Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, minute by minute. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good. Welcome back. Good to be back. Uh, Let's see. Today we are talking about Minute 5 of uh, the Wrath of Khan. Minute 5 starts with Savick saying, Zone. And ends a minute later with uh, three Klingon warships appearing on the view screen. Ta-da! Yes, ominous, ominous, dramatic. A lot of things have happened. In the, yes, since in we, the last minute. In the last minute, our man who's standing around actually does does something. <laughs> He's no longer checking out McCoy. What is he up to? Very important things, I'm sure. Yes. Um. So what do we got in this minute? We got we got some uh, we learn more about the Kobayashi Maru. We get some data on it thanks to uh, the request of Savik to uh, I guess the computer. Uh, she's yes. talking to. and it is not uh, the regular voice that you hear later in the series, which is uh, Gene Roddenberry's uh, wife, I believe. Oh. Wasn't it Majel Barrett? Yeah, you're right. I never so picked up on that. This, this one's more of a computer voice, whereas obviously. In Next Generation and Beyond, it became her voice, right? Right. Um, which was, uh, I think, a little more pleasing to the ear than the computer voice. Uh, see, but I've always been a fan of the computer voices. I like a digitized, soulless, you know, robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah. So what do we got? So uh, uh, I love all the data. All just pops up on the view screen, and we learn, you know. Uh, what the Kobayashi Maru actually is. It's a class yep. three neutronic fuel carrier, which, you know, yep. of course, I know how many, how many crew and passengers they have. 381. Yep. Um, and the master Kojiro Vance. I'm wondering if that is the gentleman we're actually hearing gave the distress call. Right. Yes. I would assume so. I would assume so. Yes, I would as well. Um, I think the, uh, this this you know this lead in hearing that there's you know 381 souls aboard the Kobayashi Maru, um, right. we actually get a reaction out of uh, Savick, uh, that yes. that single, uh, damn damn, which which to me I think is uh, well one very telling right uh, like, yes. okay wait a minute we thought Savick was a Vulcan she has the pointy ears not to be speciest right or whatever the yes whatever the term is for uh not to right. judge based on appearance thank you yes um so the question mark goes up is she a crappy vulcan is she, <laughs> is, she is she like spock is she half uh half vulcan half human um clearly this expression of damn has got it's got to mean something and i and right. and i love how they just they real they pulled it off in just one word, right? And it's not like she was it was even very dramatic. It was just a right. damn. But it's but the one thing is is like, you know, we've seen Spock for years and he's never really outside of like certain episodes where he exhibits emotion, but she clearly is like damn. You know, it's like it's an emotion. You can tell that she's like as as 
as little as it is, there's an emotion behind that. So you're like thinking, wait a minute. Yeah. Vulcan? Question mark? Like, like what's bet- going on here? <laughs> And to me, it's like it just gets better and better, right? We're already yes. we're, we're already on the Enterprise. We don't know where Kirk is. We have this 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 uh, emotional Vulcan running the ship. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what's what's going to happen now? <laughs> um, so, when do we talk about when do we talk about canon? So, I think you know what's canon, what's not canon in the Star Trek universe. Hmm. How would you describe canon for Star Trek? Is it the the movies and the TV shows? Is it? Well, I would think everything, because as we learn later in this movie, I'm not going to bring up facts, but we definitely see connection between this movie and one of the episodes. So there's a definitive canonical link between the TV show and this. And I would think that even when we get to um, you know Star Trek Generations, there is a link between this series and the next one and even the next ones the next generation they all seem to link in one way or another whether it's a character whether it's an appearance by so i would say everything in order is linked i think it's all considered canon so i would say it's tv show to this right to next generation deep space nine yep and, and you know voyager all seem to happen at the same sort of you know Right time, right. the only one I'm not sure about is would be Enterprise because it's sort of that one's a little, a little weird for me because it's before everything else and <laughs> yep. you know I don't know does that really and it introduces species that aren't even in the shows movies etc that are that come after so I'm kind of like yeah I don't know I, I would say show movies next generation era is pretty much canon okay. I was uh, uh, I uh, I have I think I mentioned it last episode I have the I have the novelization of right. Rathacon and uh, I had it when I was a kid and uh, I uh, for me I, for me I think it was I think I read the book probably more times than I saw the movie you know because probably only saw it once when it was in the theater maybe twice uh, and then you had to wait you know until it came out on HBO or. Um, Jeez, I don't even know when this thing would have come out on like VHS, but uh, right. Um, but the the book is, you know, obviously fills in a lot of a lot of details from these characters, and uh, um, and so what we do learn about Savik in the book is she's half Vulcan, half Romulan, right? But we don't learn that in the movie. They never bring it up. They never bring it up. So that's my question: is is the book canon? <laughs> well, I think. After reading websites and going on to different things, I think it becomes canon eventually. Okay. And obviously there are things in this movie, not just her saying damn, but there are other elements in the movie that lead you to believe that there is something else that they may not explain, but there's definitely something else there that she's not strictly a Vulcan. So I would say that it's probably canon. Okay. I suppose we could also... Uh Maybe we can do that uh, between now and the next episode. We can do some. Uh, we can look on Memory Alpha, which is the Star Trek wiki, and right. see what see if uh, see if that's actually called out there. Okay. But anyway, homework I, homework for next episode. More homework. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, moving on. 
So she she's clearly a direct captain. I mean, she's she's she sees that they're in danger. She sees that there's 381 passengers on this ship, and she's going for it. She's like, you know, be damned, neutral zone. I'm going in. Plotting an Zulu, intercept. Make it course. happen. Make it happen. And uh, uh, of course, you know, Spock and Sulu both you know do the spin around. Like, uh oh, what's she doing? And uh, Sulu, Sulu tries. He tries to just subtly warn her. Yeah. Uh, you sure about that, Captain? And she's like, "You heard me, Mister." Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost want him to turn around and be like, "Oh my!" <laughs> but uh, 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 well, "Oh my" would be wonderful. But I, I do just love that we get the disapproving look for him as he swings yes. around. <laughs> See, he's like, "All right, your your party, Sister." Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Spock even calls out and says, "You know, we've crossed into the neutral zone, and he's like, we've we've broken treaty, Captain. You know, this treaty. is on you." Yep. Uh, so, what do we got? Then, uh, oh, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, so we've obviously seen many incarnations of this, and we sort of, you know, through many incarnations of this test, we learn like what its true purpose is. Mm-hmm. But if we're watching it here. Is this a a trap? Like, did the Klingons lay a trap? B. It does the Kobayashi Maru really exist in there? Mm. Are they held? You know, is it just circumstance that the Klingons happen to be waiting for the you know a ship to know that this uh, did they disable the trip the ship and like it's those sort of things about this that you think about like was the ship just sort of drift off in there and the Klingons just happened to be there at the same time? Did they shoot it? Did they, you know, is the ship even there and they are pretending to be the Kobayashi Maru? Mm -hmm. Like there's all kinds of, you know, factors there that make me think about like what's going on here? Like the Klingons just sort of appear out of nowhere. So my guess is I'm going to say it was a trap. Right. So you you, you, do you think there was, there was, there was never ship shit. There was never a ship there. Yeah. That it was a trap all along, set by the Klingons to, you know, have some starship wander by and blow them to smithereens. <laughs> you wonder how long they, uh, how long they waited. <laughs> well, maybe that's part of their job. <laughs> that's their job. <laughs> you stay out on that neutral zone area, yep. that blob, you know, in sector sector thirteen. You stay out there. You just. Keep playing that distress signal. Someone will come along. Yeah, you'll get one. You'll, you'll get one. Just be patient. It's it's for the uh, it's probably the new recruits, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's their first gig. They got to go wait in the basketball until the unsuspecting starship wanders in. Um, the intercept course gets plotted, and uh, we go back to one of my favorites, the display screen again. And uh, yes. I got to say, uh, <laughs> as the uh, as we as the the navigational widget kind of uh zooms zooms into the foreground and then off the screen yes um, well we, it's sort of if you notice the way it is it's like it's taking the position of the enterprise so it's right. sort of as it's as it's floating away it becomes the course becomes where the enterprise is gotcha yeah it's switching to our point at the enterprise yes. point of view but i will say that the 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 folks the folks who uh did the graphics for the movie uh uh, it definitely had some fun with this one because did you notice all the detailing on that stupid widget <laughs> as, yes. it, as it's going by? It's got all these like really fine lines, and it's very uh, it it doesn't look so much functional as uh, you know 
more arty looking. It's 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 pleasing right. to look and the, at. And the and the things are spinning, and you know they're all moving, and it makes it look very. Yeah, you wonder if they blew their budget on this and not on some <laughs> other stuff. Right, right. Like the man standing behind doing nothing. He's earning his pay. <laughs> He's monitoring the other, something. The other thing that's always bugged me, particularly about this scene, and even. I think in Star Trek the Motion Picture is the stupid radio. We're looking at like this thing in the ceiling. Like really? Like when did that become a thing? <laughs> radio. Yeah, it's almost like one of those uh jeez, what are those things called the um those uh transistor radio kits you could make? A yeah. crystal a crystal radio. <laughs> it is, but it's like in the ceiling and it's, it's in- like lighting up and it's like are we supposed to believe that that's the radio on this advanced Star Trek ship that has all these buttons and widgets and <laughs> things, and they couldn't even. They spent all this money on this graphic, and they couldn't spend more money for a radio. You, you notice too that the 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 radio in the ceiling it like it, it changes, it flickers and stuff with the yes. with the audio. So do you think like when there's nothing going on, do they just play music in the background and it's got a kind of soft <laughs> soft beat to it? Uh, it comes down and spins like a disco ball. Oh dear! All I will right. say I do. I do like this up this this minute as well. Um, where one of the last minute was probably one of my favorite minutes. Like I would definitely put that in my top minutes because of the the introduction of this new crew. But I I like this minute just because of the emotion that she shows and the the determination. She's like plot and intercept course. Like she's she's going for it. She's like you know hey. We're going in, man. Yep, she is. Uh, yeah, she's nailing. She is uh, announcing her character for sure. Yes, uh, she's not someone to mess with. So wait, now wait a minute. Did, now, did you say that this is? Are you calling it? Are you saying this is one of your favorite minutes uh, of the no, whole film? No, the last one was minute four. Was one of my favorite minutes. Minute four. Not this All one. right. I'll make a note of that so we keep track of it. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got Spock swinging around and telling everybody we're in violation of treaty. Uh, yep. Just, just in case we, you know, hadn't but, heard. But if you notice, he doesn't say what treaty. He just says we're in violation of treaty. Oh boy! Come like, on. is this the treaty with the other? You know, feder. You know, we have the Federation. Is it the Romulan planet? Is it the Klingons? Like, who are we in violation from? Oh right, we don't know, do we? He just says we're in violation of treaty. Does the novelization say anything? Uh, I don't have uh, that in front of me at the moment, so I can't tell you. Okay, homework part two is... Damn it! What treaty are they in violation of? All right. You're writing that down because I'm... I'm I am. You're going to have to send me that list of things to look up. Yes. Um, All right, so we got Spock telling us a violation of treaty. Yes. Standby transporter room. They're going to bring people up. Um, And then Uhura breaks the bad news yep i've lost contact and but one of my <laughs> this is a great we get a great moment from all of our extras yeah everybody gets a reaction shot <laughs> everyone gets a, tur- a spin in their chair yeah even your buddy the guy in the background yep. who has just been standing there he actually turns he around from he his, turns around yeah so like oh what do we got going on uh so everyone's I interested almost- I almost see this as a precursor to the dramatic squirrel or the dramatic uh, bum, bum, bum. Like they all turn around just at that moment when Hohura tells them. They could have done a split screen and have them all like, you know, turn all at the same time. (laughs) So, uh, and then, yeah, so we all get the reaction shots to 
the three Klingon cruisers bearing down on them. And that's yes. it. Whoa. And we are done. A dramatic cliffhanger to our minute. Yes. I love it. Well placed. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to uh, wait and see what's going to happen um, next time in the next minute. Uh, unless you uh, Do you have anything else for this minute, Dave? Nope. I think we, uh, we went over some of the good stuff in this minute. We did indeed. Yeah, there's some. Uh, yeah, this, it's so good. I, 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 I will say, you know, as we're as we're talking, um, I have the minute just playing in a loop. Right. In yeah. The background. That's, that's and, generally what I do is I'm so I'm watching a lot of this stuff go on as we're talking about it, and just even you know you watch the movie and you enjoy it for what it is, but now that we're sort of focusing on it, you see these little things that you're like, hey. I didn't know that that graphic was so detailed. I didn't know that that guy stood there and did absolutely nothing. Right, and uh, and we still have to figure out. Um, I, I will let me. I'm going to go super minutia on on you for a second. Um, when we get Ahura dropping the bad news, um, yes, the display behind her, I guess left shoulder. Yes, um, it's that square with the the radiating lines in the center. I'm pretty yes. sure I made that program on an Apple II uh, <laughs> back in fifth grade. <laughs> that That is probably not one of the ones they spent a lot of money on. I just remember going to computer club and like we were doing, you know, print 10, you know, <laughs> print line 10, yeah. go to 20 and, you know, making the, making the lines go, yeah. And spin around. That's exactly what that one is. That's pretty, right. I don't know. You know, she's got a little staticky display on the right. So I'm like, okay, that's probably her losing signal. So I'll I'll give them that one. All right. But what does that have to do with communications? <laughs> Not a clue. Anyway, all right. Um, well, then I'm all set, if you're all set. I'm all set. Awesome. All right, again, well, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening in. This has uh, been Minute 5. Um, we'll be back again uh in a couple of days with our next episode. And uh, in the meantime, you can uh, uh, find us on uh, on the web at rathaconminute.com. Um, you can drop us an email at podcast at rathaconminute.com. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I'd love to uh, share any, any thoughts that you have um, uh, on the air. So feel free to uh, drop us a line. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Look forward to those emails coming in and tweets and follows and everything and just as a reminder don't forget that, that there's other minutes out there star wars minute back to the future jaws indiana jones and goodfellas so if you love what we're doing they're doing some good stuff too so give them a follow as well awesome all right dave i'll see you later all right we'll see you for episode or minute six all right bye-bye bye